Welcome to Season 2 of the Esthetician Hub Podcast, where we dive deeper into the world of skincare and wellness. I'm your host and licensed holistic medical esthetician, Vanessa, and in this season, I'm excited to bring you even more insightful conversations with some of the most inspiring estheticians, beauty entrepreneurs, and wellness gurus in the industry. From discussing the latest skincare trends to exploring the challenges and rewards of entrepreneurship, we'll cover it all. So sit back, relax, and let's get glowing. Hi, Jeanette, and welcome to the Esthetician Hub. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Of course, I'm so happy that you're joining me here today. And I'm super excited to discuss about the topic of today, which is eczema and psoriasis, since I know a lot of people have been struggling with this. Um, Mm -hmm. So before we jump into it, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what initially drew you into the path of naturopathic medicine? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, my name is Jeanette. I'm currently a third year student studying naturopathic medicine at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm here in Toronto. I did my undergrad studying neuroscience actually at the University of Toronto. So that was really exciting. And that's kind of what, um, funny enough, drew me into naturopathic medicine. So in my third year, I had a professor studying um, and teaching uh, neuroscience. And he had lectures on the microbiome which is, again, kind of funny, um, considering that was neuroscience, especially at the time, five, six years ago. Um, So yeah, he was studying uh, the microbiome and kind of came out with his research and was teaching it to the class and was kind of showing us how our gut and the microbiome is so connected to our mental health, to chronic diseases, to the skin, to everything. And before this, I, I honestly never even heard about the microbiome. I didn't even know that it existed. Um, So I was super interested in the topic and I really just took a deep dive on my own, just did more research on it. And at that point, I thought I might have gone into research and done like a master's in neuroscience and really focused on the microbiome. But through my research, I came across naturopathic medicine Mm -hmm. (laughs) because naturopathic medicine really focuses on the gut. It's like the number one thing that we focus on. So came across the website for my school, kind of looked at the career and everything kind of just came together for me and I applied and yeah, here I am three years later. That's amazing. And honestly, I completely agree with you. Like I think not a lot of people know about naturopathic medicine and don't really realize that the microbiome has a huge link between every single aspect of your life. Um, Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about what naturopathy medicine is? So like the history, where it comes from? Yeah, for sure. So naturopathic medicine is kind of a distinct form of medicine, Mm -hmm. which focuses on treating um, conditions by using traditional and natural medicine and then modern evidence-based science. So it really just focuses on preventing disease before it even happens and promoting health. So naturopathic doctors, um, they kind of act as or they do act as primary care doctors. And this kind of just depends on what jurisdiction you're in. Um, With right now, it really focuses, like in Canada, where what province you're in and in the states, what state you're in, it's kind of differs by province to province, state to state. Right. 
but essentially you can, naturopathic doctors can treat, they can manage patients with acute or chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. um, and they use this by um, using the least invasive and most effective therapies um, by kind of focusing on the body's own innate ability to heal. Um, and we use this by using like the pillars of health. So sleep, nutrition, exercise, mental health promotion, and then we're able to create a unique and personalized health plan for that patient. So as a profession in itself, naturopathic medicine is relatively new, but the concepts and the roots of it go back like thousands of years. So right. it really uses like many modalities from many different cultures and it blends them into one type of medicine. Mm -hmm. So the origins, origins can be traced back to like physicians like Hippocrates, which is the father of modern medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, which goes back, you know, to 200 BC. Right. And then more modern things like modern herbalists and physicians in like the 17, 1800s. And then of course, everything is changing. Research is changing every single day. So we're applying that modern medicine um, in, in every single day as well. So as a profession, it was introduced um, in 1902 by Dr. Benedict Lust. And then as a profession in Canada, it was established in 1920. So just over a hundred years. Okay. So it hasn't been that long, but definitely the roots of it no. has been a very, very long time. And what mm -hmm. are some therapeutic modality, modalities do you guys use in naturopathic medicine? Yeah. So um, in naturopathic medicine, we use something that's called the therapeutic order. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like essentially a pyramid. So we can only work our way up if the bottom of the pyramid is sound, essentially. So right. at the bottom of the pyramid, we want to um, remove any obstacles to health. So we're doing this, again, by the pillars of health, optimizing sleep, nutrition, exercise, uh, mental health, all of that kind of stuff. And then once those are kind of settled, we can move up the pyramid so we can use uh, modalities like supplements, um, nutraceuticals, botanical medicine, acupuncture, um, hydrotherapy, and a lot more. Um, and then again, if these don't work out for the patient, um, again, depending on the jurisdiction, some NDs can prescribe uh, prescribe pharmaceuticals, and then surgery would be kind of at the top of the pyramid. So I guess the main difference between naturopathic medicine and conventional medicine, a lot of people, you know, have this question, and it's kind of like the philosophy and the approach and the modalities that we use. So naturopathic doctors, they focus on disease prevention mm -hmm. by using those pillars of health. And um, they use primarily like natural substances, right? And then medical or like conventionally trained doctors, they treat the symptoms of a condition right. and they use pharmaceuticals or they use surgery. So yeah. it's really just how we were trained and how we apply how we were trained. Okay, that's amazing. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people should take that approach in life, like that whole pyramid <laughs> that you were talking about. Because I feel mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, like it is all about prevention. Um, if you want to have a healthy life, it is not about dealing with your issues once the issue is there it's about preventing it from happening in the first place um yeah could you tell us a little bit more about how like naturopathic doctors incorporate that traditional chinese medicine modalities 
Yeah, um, definitely. So I just want to go back to what you said, because I think that's such a great point. Like, a lot of people will always ask me like, Oh, what supplement can I take? Or which herb should I take? And like, of course, like there is science and evidence to base to back some of these up. But, you know, it's really just a bandaid approach, right? Like if you're not addressing like your gut health, if you're not exercising, if you're getting like two hours of sleep a night, right? Like taking a supplement isn't going to fix the problem. And of course, like, fixing all of those things is easier said than done but it's super important just to take the time to like optimize all those before you start adding on you know supplements and you know what's funny is that like as a holistic esthetician I always love to take that approach as well because if someone comes Mm -hmm. to me and they tell me okay like I'm dealing with this type of skincare issue I'm dealing with this type of skincare issue okay we could do the chemical peels we could do the microneedling Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day like if like you said if you're not sleeping properly you're not eating properly you're gonna go home and have some junk food you're gonna go home you're Mm -hmm. gonna sleep only two hours well it's not really going to help your skin what what at the end of the day right um Mm -hmm. so true it's important to have a good nutrition it's important to have basically your basics and also stress that's another point that's super super important because I feel like um not a lot of people realize it but a lot of skin conditions actually derive from subconscious stress they don't realize it Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day your anxiety or that stress is looking like a pimple on your skin or is turning out to be some sort of, I don't know, eczema, psoriasis, but, Mm -hmm. um, definitely going back. Um, cause I definitely do love traditional Chinese medicine modalities. So could you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. So TCM or traditional Chinese medicine is a specific, specific modality. Um, it's really a specific profession in itself, but we use it kind of as its modality in naturopathic medicine. And like I said, it's it's thousands of years old. So TCM believes there's a vital force in all of us. It's called qi. Um, And it's very complicated, but essentially um, when qi is out of balance, disease can occur. So it also uses the concept of yin yin and yang, um, where each organ is either more of a yin or more of a yang organ. And each yin and yang has their own energy. So. TCM focuses on the balance of these yin and yang organs for optimal health. So TCM uses things like they have their own specific herbs or their specific herbal formulas. Um, They use acupuncture, which a lot of people are very familiar with. Um, And then cupping, which um, some people have seen Michael Phelps, you know, with those big circle bruises on his back. Yeah, Yeah, that's cupping. So we use that as well in TCM. Okay, amazing. And obviously in this episode, we're going to go more in depth about the cause of eczema and psoriasis. Um, So we're going to look at that naturopathic perspective. So could you tell us a little bit about the difference or the similarities in people that deal with psoriasis or eczema? Yeah. So just as a disclaimer, I am still a student. So all the information here is just kind of what I've learned throughout my program. And I am very passionate about this topic. So extra research I've done on the side and all of that. So anyway, (laughs) um, so in general terms, eczema and psoriasis are both chronic inflammatory skin diseases, and they can appear as itchy ratchets on the skin. So Again, in broad terms, eczema has more of like an allergic component, while psoriasis has more of like an auto-inflammatory autoimmune component. 
So eczema or atopic dermatitis usually presents during childhood. Um, It's usually seen on the flexor regions of the body. So um, behind the knees or in the elbow creases, Um, it can appear in other places too. Those are just, you know, the most common. Um, In eczema, the rashes are red or erythematous, Mm -hmm. um, inflamed, and can even be, you know, crusted over oozing depending on, you know, the state of the rash. Psoriasis is more likely to show up, you know, um, as a teenager or into adulthood. It it can occur in children, but it's a little more rare. It kind of shows up later in life. Um, It can also cause red rashes or patches on the skin. But instead, they're more like well-defined and they're covered with silvery white scales. So that's really the main differentiator there. And psoriasis is mostly found on the extensor surfaces. So um, your knees and your elbows, and it can also show up like on other places such as the scalp as well. Right. And what would be some of the most common like underlying causes that you've learned in naturopathic medicine for like psoriasis and eczema? Yeah, so in naturopathic school, it's a little different how we learn about the causes, I would say. So again, we always learn about diseases and um, how to treat them, how to diagnose them in like the conventional medical way, of course, because we're doctors at the end of the day. But we really do incorporate like those specific pillars of health and how those can impact skin diseases. So It can be a combination of things. It's really not just one root cause. So it can be like environmental toxins, your genetics, diet, microbiome, like a whole bunch of things, right? Right. So for eczema, there seems to be a really strong connection between a genetic predisposition to atopy, which is essentially just allergies. And it's specifically the atopic triad. So this is um, allergic rhinitis or, or hay fever, asthma, and then atopic dermatitis. So Um, It's really common that if a child suffers from eczema, one of their parents likely suffers from eczema or they have asthma or something like this. Um, And then for eczema, the main um, factors which people that have eczema know is, you know, environmental triggers. So dust, pollen, um, there's some sort of like immune dysregulation, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Um, And then genetic structural um, essentially deficiencies in the skin. So People with eczema are kind of, they're born with skin barrier issues. So it's kind of like a genetic predisposition to eczema in that sense. Um, And then psoriasis, as mentioned before, is more of an auto-inflammatory connection. So we aren't really sure of what causes psoriasis yet, but we do know that the immune system and genetics play a role. So some cases are causes would be like infections. There's a really strong link to having strep infections, strep throat infections, funny enough. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, just other genetic predispositions um, as well, medications, things like that. Right. And then... And other in either condition, the microbiome and the gut are involved, so um, it can go either way for that. Okay, and yeah, definitely you did talk about the immune system, so that kind of led into my next question that I had here. Mm-hmm. Um, could you go a little bit more into details about the connection that we have with our immune system and then people that deal with eczema and psoriasis? Yeah, so the immune system plays a huge role in these two conditions, and 
I don't want to get too technical, <laughs> but essentially your immune system, you have the innate and the adaptive immune system. Mm-hmm. So the innate system is the first to respond. Um, it mounts like a general response. So the adaptive system, it comes in next if the innate system wasn't able to fight it off. And um, the adaptive system contains um, immune cells called T and B cells. And these create a very specific response to fighting off the pathogen and can create memory. So your body recognizes the pathogen the next time and can fight it off. Right. Um, so in the case of eczema and psoriasis, it can be categorized into like two specific immune responses um, and they use T helper cells, which are a type of T cell that can activate other immune cells to fight an infection. So in general, we find the Th2 response more involved in eczema and the Th1 response more involved in psoriasis. And again, this is way more complicated than how I'm breaking it down, but um, essentially um, an overreaction of the Th2 response that is dominated in eczema produces something called an elevated IgE level, which actually causes like allergic responses. Um, And we know this is involved in eczema. And then the Th1 response that is elevated in psoriasis causes high levels of um, inflammatory cytokines that are released. And then the overreaction of this response leads to an autoimmune reaction, which is seen in psoriasis. Okay. And um, for those that may be dealing with like eczema or psoriasis that are listening to the podcast or any other professionals out there that are listening, what are some potential triggers that people with this condition should be aware of? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked this because I think like out on the internet, like you can get a lot of this information and it's kind of very general. I mean, with every single person, it's it's very different, right? So your trigger might be completely different to someone else's trigger, um, but we do know there are some common ones. Um, so again, like in eczema and psoriasis, we do know there is like a genetic component and unfortunately you can't change your genes, um, but you can be mindful of environmental um, conditions. So stress, like you mentioned before, is a huge, huge cause Um, It can be really triggering and it can um, lead to flares, Um, dust, pollen, sometimes certain animals for some people, um, humidity, um, soaps, detergents, if they're really drying, fragrances is a huge, huge one. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like I mentioned before with psoriasis infection. So um, if you notice you're getting a flare after you had a certain infection, that's also something to um, take note of. Right. And I'm glad that you said that because you know what, like I do have a couple of clients that come in and they do have an eczema flare up and I'm like, oh no, what did you do? And they're just <laughs> going to tell me about how their past week it was because they were a little bit stressed out or, mm. um, I don't know, like, um, a huge thing happened in their life and now they're starting like a new chapter and all right. of these things can be super stressful on the mind, which then leads to bodily changes and that mm-hmm. you can see it through eczema flare-ups or psoriasis, more so eczema flare-ups. I, I'm not really, honestly, um, I find that psoriasis is a little bit more rare. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong compared to people who deal with eczema. I think more so people deal with eczema compared to psoriasis. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like we mentioned, it's really just about you know, finding a good way to relax your stress. That could be through meditation. That could be through positive affirmations. That could be through breathing techniques. So there Mm -hmm. are multiple ways of, um, sort of dealing with that. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
That kind of leads to my second question here that I had for you. Um, and there are multiple effective ways of calming down a flare. What would you say are m- some of the most effective topical treatments or natural remedies for people that have eczema or psoriasis flare-ups? Yeah, so I know you're the pro at all things topical <laughs> treatments, all of this stuff. So, um, but in the natural, quote unquote, natural category, yeah. like there's definitely a lot of things, um, again, like I mentioned, that can um, cause someone triggers um, and everything might be different and what might help them might be different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, in naturopathic medicine, we always try to work with someone's like financial abilities, time constraints, personal preferences, all of that to come up with a personalized treatment. But again, um, in general terms, for eczema, oatmeal, creams, baths really seem to be really effective for people with eczema. You know, it helps soothe the skin, stops itching, all of that. Um, Honey, actually, um, is pretty good for eczema. It can help soothe redness, and it's actually a natural antimicrobial. So I know a lot of people will put, like, honey in their tea if they have, like, a sore throat or anything like that. But you can actually apply it topically to your skin if you get um, secondary infections because those are quite common in eczema if you're scratching and then you can get, you know, an infection that way. Um, Another thing for eczema is a topical vitamin B12 cream or vitamin E. Those have also been shown to be quite effective. I think... I think if I'm not if I'm not um, wrong, you have to get those through a compounding pharmacy, though. So just check with your doctor if you're interested in that. Yeah. Um, and then for psoriasis, it's pretty much the same oatmeal, topical B12, um, just for soothing all of that. And then vitamin B, uh, D for top topical vitamin D actually um, has been really helpful in psoriasis. Mm-hmm. Um, it can help um, soothe or decrease the amount of like plaque formation and all of that, um, which we know is involved in psoriasis. And one thing that I love about like naturopathic medicine is that you guys often incorporate like herbs and botanical botanicals actually as part of its treatment approach. Um, Could you tell us a little bit more about using botanical medicine or herbal herbal remedies to treat the skin conditions? I know you talked a little bit about putting honey, but is there like a specific herb that we would be able to use? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm glad you asked this because um, I love botanical medicine. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favorite modalities that I've learned so far um, in school besides nutrition. Yeah. So I love talking about this. <laughs> um, so yeah, botanical medicine is the use of herbs. Um, and it's, a, again, another separate modality that's used in naturopathic medicine. Yeah. Um, we can use these as like tinctures to take internally, teas, um, which is funny. Some people don't really think as tea, take drinking tea as medicine, but we actually, it it can be medicine, right? So, um, but yeah, for acne, it really depends on your root cause. So it depends like what you're dealing with. So for spearmint tea, um, that can be really helpful for acne, for anti-androgen, dandelion, uh, green tea, aloe, even berberine can be really good um, for um, blood sugar regulation, everything like that. Um, And then for eczema and psoriasis, we also wanna focus on the root cause. Um, But we want topical treatments to address the redness and inflammation as well. So, but I think one thing to keep in mind with eczema and psoriasis is you want to be really careful with what you're putting on your skin because your skin is already broken, right? It's already inflamed. So you you don't want to aggravate it um, anymore. Mm -hmm. So I always like 
would want people to put like do a patch test on their hand or somewhere else to make sure that you're not gonna react to it um, just on your healthy skin because mm -hmm. if you're reacting to it on your healthy skin you're really gonna react to it on your broken skin right so yeah, um, yeah with eczema and psoriasis um, calendula uh, chamomile is really great mm -hmm. aloe actually topically um, can really be great as well for redness and inflammation um, ashwagandha actually internally um, can be really great um, ashwagandha is something called an adaptogen so it helps your body adapt to stress so as we mentioned before there's a really big mind-body connection between um, your mind and stress and your um, eczema or psoriasis flare so just kind of having some extra support that way can be really great right. um, and then another one that's really interesting is St. John's wort. So St. John's wort is um, usually used for depression. That's kind of what we think of it as for, but it actually acts as an anti-inflammatory and it's actually been shown in research to be really effective at decreasing um, the thickness of the plaques and psoriasis. So it's okay. really Okay. Cool. Yeah. I think I've heard of that. And um, going mm -hmm. back to the ashwagandha, like I actually had no clue that it had like a direct, I mean, honestly, if you really think about it though it does help with regulating your stress levels um mm -hmm. so I guess like at the end of the day it does have an effect on like eczema or your psoriasis flare-ups um but that's interesting yeah, I didn't really look at it from that perspective because I feel like yeah. I always look at people who take like ashwagandha or all these adaptogens really just for like focus and calm and like mm. for the mind but you didn't really realize like at the end of the day like this can actually have a, an amazing effect on your body as well um yes. but amazing herbs that you mentioned and definitely <laughs> like um going back to what you said as well like about the teas and I think a lot of people don't realize this but drinking tea is so important for you like I think like yes. for me personally like I think this is part of like my nighttime routine like I always have a herbal calming tea because truly it really helps me sleep it helps me yeah. relax and it really helps me meditate at the end of the day too you know and I think mm -hmm. it's really important for people to incorporate that in their lives um mm -hmm. So definitely great points over there. And I wanted to talk about, um, you know, like some people don't really agree with natural remedies, right? Like some people, yeah. they're really like, no, I want to go opt for the pill version because pills um, are tested to work and are proven yeah. to work. Um, so right. how do naturopathic doctors kind of respond to people who argue that natural remedies for skincare problems aren't effective? It's just sort of like a placebo effect, as they like to say it. Yeah, so, yeah, so definitely this is, you know, even today a common argument that the profession has to deal with. So yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people would actually be surprised that many drugs like that many people know of, such as, such as aspirin, and even many chemotherapy drugs are actually derived from plants. A lot of people don't know that. Um, but, you know, herbs, and especially like we were talking about TCM earlier, like herbs have been used effectively to treat conditions in like traditional societies for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, right? And most um, pharmaceutical drugs we know today, like they haven't even been discovered for that long or even been in use for that long. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing with skin conditions in general is there's a huge like visual aspect right so you know when your acne is clearing and you know when your acne is getting worse and you know when your rashes are clearing or when your rashes are getting worse so I think 
there's a huge component when it comes to like your mindset and your skin. But unfortunately, like thinking and hoping it's going to go away, like essentially with like a placebo effect isn't going to do the trick on its own, right? Like you need support from vitamins, you need support from minerals, like which has been proven like pathophysiology wise, right? To ensure your skin is healthy and has the nutrients to repair itself. And, you know, using additional things like herbs to support your skin on top of that is really great. And I think like in general, um, for complementary or naturopathic medicine, there's a huge lack of funding. So for example, like when you're developing a new drug, um, a new drug, pharmaceutical companies can patent that drug, right? So they can patent the drug and then they can sell that drug on the market. So there's more incentive to give fund to funds to study drugs and pharmaceuticals. So when it comes to plants or natural substance, you can't patent plants. Like you can't patent a dandelion plant, right? So, and you can't patent vitamins and minerals. So there's just a lack of funding in this area. Yeah. And when there's a lack of funding, it means lack of research. So yeah, it might be true for certain herbs and supplements that there is little research in general. That's just how it goes sometimes. But it could also be due to the lack of funding available for right. scientists or groups to like even do the research in the first place. Right. right. So um, we go off of like two things like we go off of traditional use of like certain herbs and herbs and um plants that have been used and been effective for hundreds of years and then we also go off of like new and emerging research that's coming out so it's just a balance of the two acts I think right and it's a good point that you're making and it's crazy to me how like there's a lack of fun in that domain when that could be an amazing way of healing people at the end of the day and honestly I think this is the reason why like people go into this domain right they study TCM or they study naturopathic medicine or they get Mm -hmm. into this like holistic sphere of learning about what other than taking a drug to heal your body um Mm -hmm. this might be a little bit off topic but like definitely (laughs) that can give you an insight as to what this world is sort of pushing and I think it's very important to um stay true to the roots right stay true to what's natural stay true to what mother earth gave us you know like (laughs) the dandelions that they gave us this chamomile like things that they (laughs) can basically um I don't know, some things that can really truly help you into healing, you know, not looking towards more so of this drug aspect, but looking at to kind of like the pyramid that you're talking about here, looking at all of these like important aspects that you can work on with yourself and then moving up, seeing what else you might need. Um, if you might need a surgery potentially, or if, if you actually truly need a drug, if all of these have already been solved for you, like the sleep, the exercise Mm -hmm. and like your nutrition and everything. Um, So that's a really, really good point there. And do you Mm -hmm. know if there are any like current ongoing research or like developments in naturopathic medicine that promise to improve the treatment of like eczema and psoriasis? Yeah. So I think like, especially in the past decade and especially in the past few years, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but there, there really has been an increased interest in health and just health in general and like promoting Mm. your health, preventing disease. Um, So I think people and consumers, to be honest, right, are looking for other alternatives, right? Or things to add on to their their routine that are, you know, natural and safe and effective. So 
I think there is more research coming out. There is more funding that is coming out to these groups because people people want to know, right? People want, you know, research to back up before they're taking a supplement or they want, you know, extra information just to make an informed choice. So I think there is a lot of research going in and there's, again, like I mentioned, new things coming out every day. We're learning new information every day. So that's just great in general. Um, but yeah, like research is coming out every day, whether it be like for new herbs or like specific extracts that can be used for skin conditions um yeah like resveratrol for example um has been shown like has been shown in the past couple years to be really great for like aging and like um things like that and vitamins and minerals like stress reduction um and even things like red light therapy which i'm not sure if you use in your um clinic but (laughs) yeah it's it's a really amazing so Yeah. yeah Yeah, no, honestly, I think red light therapy is one thing that I use like every single night. I make it like a thing for myself, but definitely super, super great for like just collagen production and really just for anti-aging purposes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit more about some myths that people might have surrounding the treatments of eczema or psoriasis. Uh, Is there any that you wanted to debunk? Yeah, so I think in general, like regarding the naturopathic treatment of these conditions, something that I'd like to debunk is that, you know, naturopathic medicine or naturopathic doctors are against pharmaceuticals, right? Like it has to be all Uh, natural, like it has to be Mm -hmm. like all pharmaceuticals. I think that's like a common misconception that people have. And, you know, I think people haven't, you know, done their own learning um, concerning this, like... Yeah, Yeah. which is fine. Like, it's just, it takes time, right, to, like, include new updates and stuff like that. But I think naturopathic doctors are, they're trained in pharmaceuticals. Like, we take pharmacology courses during our training. Um, We learn how to prescribe them safely. We learn the doses and everything like that. We learn um, interactions. So we learn all of that in school. And, you know, depending on the jurisdiction, we can even prescribe pharmaceuticals to patients if we think it's necessary, Right. right? So... In any health condition, including the skin, you know, sometimes we we need to utilize pharmaceuticals, like, in order to give more time to the patient so they can work on the lifestyle aspect. So, again, like I mentioned before, the it's easy to just say, you know, change your diet or exercise more or sleep more, but, like, this really takes time just to implement and, like, to really build that solid foundation. So, like, it's okay to use drugs or to stay on your medication while we, while we control those symptoms, while we work on, like, your long-term goals, right? So it's especially true in skin rashes when, you know, your rash might be really itchy, it might be inflamed, and, you know, getting off of your medication right away without, like, any plan in place may make the situation worse. So, you know, also the mental health aspect, right? Like rashes are on your skin, like everyone can see them. There there is like an emotional aspect to that as well, right? Mm -hmm. So it's okay like to need or to want to be on pharmaceuticals. And, you know, a good naturopathic doctor will acknowledge this and will work with your health plan and your health goals, like whether this is to be on pharmaceuticals or not. Right. And I know you did mention about nutrition and food. So in terms of people who have, you know, eczema and psoriasis, are there any specific dietary recommendations that you can provide? Yeah. So this is also a really common question I get from my friends and family and all of that. But And also online, right? There's always like posts on like what not to eat for this skin condition or what to eat or what to add in. And um, 
obviously food is like very important. Diet is one of the most important things we focus on. But I think, I think we need to be like really mindful when we're making dietary recommendations. So like when we give a list of foods of people that's like bad for their skin, quote unquote, it can be like very restrictive and it can feed into like the whole fear around food, which is really the opposite of what we want. Right. Mm -hmm. So we want people to like enjoy and like crave nutritious foods. We want them to enjoy eating them, like not worried if they're eating something that's going to make their rash worse. right? Right. So yeah, I think like some food groups or foods that might be a trigger for me, for example, like may not bother you at all or like vice versa. So it's like really hard to say like, don't eat dairy or don't eat gluten. I think like the best way is to look at it. Like what can you add in? So I think like making sure you're getting a wide variety of fruits and a wide variety of vegetables, minimum like five servings a day. Um, This will make sure you're getting your fiber in, um, you're feeding your microbiome, which is important for the skin, Mm -hmm. Um, making sure you're getting enough protein. So there is kind of controversy about how much protein you should be getting in, but I believe like one gram of protein per pound of body weight is really ideal. Um, getting in your healthy fats. Um, this is really important in eczema as well, right? So salmon, mackerel, anchovies, like fatty fish like that. And again, like it's true that in some people like dairy might be a trigger, right? But like, it seems like for dairy, um, there might be an actual, like a certain threshold for how much you can eat and then if it will create symptoms. So For some people, they could have one thing of dairy and they get a pimple the next day. Or some people could have three servings and then they'll get a pimple. So it's, again, like it's very individualized. And then, you know, like with gluten, that might be a trigger for people in eczema as well. But it's very individualized and um, you should talk to your doctor about hundred percent. I completely agree with you. And I think like, you know, dietary recommendations, like I have a whole stigma like about this because I feel like (laughs) what you said is completely true. And I did do a post about the dietary, um, I think it was, um, about dairy and how it does cause acne. And that is in some people, which is true, but in other people, it might not even have an effect. And I think food is so subjective to each and every single person because your body Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily act the same as other people. Like um, sometimes, and I've heard this so many times where people, for example, they go vegan and for them actually going vegan wasn't good for their bodies, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas for other people going vegan completely changed their life. It completely helped them to relieve this certain disease they were going through or whatnot. Um, but it's super subjective. And I think every single person needs a certain, like needs different, um, dietary recommendations also. So it's very personalized and I completely agree with you. Um, Mm -hmm. but has there ever been like a specific food group or specific type of food that someone has ever, um, told you about in like naturopathic medicine that might help like alleviate like people that deal with like eczema flare-ups or psoriasis flare-ups? Yeah. So, um, I can't really put it on to one specific food, but Mm -hmm. You know, like gluten for sure. To like, like stay away from. Yeah, yeah. like it again. It depends. Like and I, like I said, like you, you know, if you're if you're eating gluten or you're eating dairy and your rash and is getting worse, exactly, right? So yeah. if it's making it worse, just just avoid it, right? So I think gluten, dairy, sugar for sure, like processed oh, foods. Yeah. I think yeah. honestly is probably the number one above dairy and gluten. Like 
sugar can really cause a whole cascade of inflammation (laughs) in your body. So (laughs) I think that's Honestly, if I had to make a recommendation, I would say, you know, sugar Sugar, and refined sugar. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think it's really important to have a certain amount of good, healthy foods. But like you said about the um, mindful aspect of it or like the emotional aspect of it, it's really Mm -hmm. important to not get scared to eat because I feel like online there's a lot of people who will tell you okay don't eat this don't eat this this is going to trigger this type of thing this is going to lead to this type of disease and it's really important not to be in this sort of fearful mindset where like you look at food and you're like oh my god like I'm looking at food and I'm thinking of a disease right away you know like it's really important to uh, have a balance between you know eating healthy nutritious whole foods but it's okay to have cake once in a while. You know, we're not telling you to not have a cake ever in your whole entire life, you know? Obviously, don't have it every single day of your life, but once (laughs) in a blue moon, it's completely fine. It's not going to hurt your body or to lead to anything. It's about consistency at the end of the day. Like, if you're Mm -hmm. eating 80% of your diet is natural, whole foods, organic, um you know, all of your macronutrients and everything like that is being touched upon, then that's fine. And then Mm -hmm. you can sort of indulge in that, I don't know, one hot dog per, per, (laughs) I don't know, three months. I know it's not the best, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's important to still live life a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, Life is all about balance and, you know, exactly. like if you're so stressed about eating, then stress is going to make your skin worse. Right. So exactly. it's all about finding that balance and what works for you. Exactly. And are there any specific like supplements that people can take to help with the skin condition? Yes. Yeah, so this is everyone's favorite question. <laughs> what supplements can I take? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Yeah, like I've mentioned so many times before, it's completely personalized and uh, honestly, like check with your doctor to make sure that anything you're about to take, like doesn't interact with anything and it's safe to take because there is, you know, some safety concerns with any, you know, natural health product. Right. But um, I love omega-3s. These are like so important. This is like my number one supplement for skin for honestly any condition really. Um, so omega threes are like healthy fats and they're essential. So it means that your body can't make them and you have to get them through your diet. So these are through like that fatty fish that I mentioned. So salmon, but you can also get them through, um, like I'm forgetting the name of them, walnuts, things like that as well. Um, so omegas are anti-inflammatory. So as we've discussed, like basically any skin condition has an inflammatory component to it. So Omegas can definitely be helpful for that. They can also help rebuild the skin barrier. So ensuring that water isn't lost throughout the skin, which is um, critical in eczema. That's kind of what happens there. Um, And it can help hydrate your skin as well. Um, They also have really great side effects. Like they decrease your risk for cardiovascular events. They decrease your risk for stroke. So, you know, they have really great side effects as well as (laughs) for taking them. Yeah. And then uh, probiotics. These are amazing. I love probiotics probiotics um basically being a naturopathic student as well like we are always taught about probiotics in the gut so this is again one of my top supplements um there are like many different strains of probiotics so some actually can be better for a certain condition so you should talk to your doctor about like what strains or what brand might be best for you Mm -hmm. um there is research funny enough that 
Oral supplementation can help reduce inflammation in the skin and rebuild the skin's microbiome. So that just kind of shows you really the connection between the gut and the skin. Yeah. Taking gut bugs can, you know, help your skin. So there's even new topical products, which I'm not sure if you're um, familiar with, that have like probiotics in them that you can put on your skin, which is really cool as well. Um, and then the last two, I think, that are like general skin supplements would be vitamin D and zinc. Um, actually those who have eczema and psoriasis have, it's been shown that they have lower vitamin D levels than those that don't have it. So that can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is really interesting. And then, um, zinc, um, is really important, um, in acne specifically. So it's an anti-inflammatory antibacterial, and then it actually has been shown to decrease the amount of oil produced in your skin. So that can be really helpful for acne. Right. No, that's really, really great. And I think like for me personally, like I think vitamin D super essential, especially living in a country where the sun is not always (laughs) present is very important for you. Um, zinc as well. I think like a lot of people do lack zinc a lot in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but that can really, really help with, like you said, acne and yeah, Mm -hmm. mentioning going back to the probiotics, there's actually one that I use, um, in clinic it's by this brand called eminence organic, which I love by the way, it's an amazing skincare brand, but they do have this like uh, cleanser that contains probiotics, which is used mostly for like acne, but still like it's, it's amazing, honestly, what, um, skincare products can do as well for your skin. Um, so is there been like a link between eczema and psoriasis and other health conditions in people? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked this because it's really important, you know, to know that skin conditions aren't just skin conditions, right? They're often a reflection of what's going on inside. So An important thing to keep in mind with psoriasis is that there's a major inflammatory component to this condition and the inflammation just doesn't show up on the skin, but it's throughout the whole body. So because of this, like you can see, um, it can affect like the joints. Um, we call it psoriatic arthritis, um, the cardiovascular system. So we know that people that have psoriasis are actually at a higher risk of cardiovascular events, um, than those that don't have it, which is really, really important. Um, and also the liver. So some patients can have, you know, low grade liver inflammation, increased liver enzymes. Um, and again, because of the connection between the microbiome, we know that those that have psoriasis are at an increased risk of, um, IBD or like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, which are, you know, really important conditions to keep in mind. Um, and then eczema, like we mentioned, there's a correlation to those allergic conditions. So um, allergic rhinitis, asthma, um, and we know that the microbiome is involved in eczema too. And those who have eczema are actually more likely to develop IBS than those that don't have it. So a lot of the times people with eczema will have like gut problems as well. It's really, really common or, you know, they'll have gut problems first and then they'll develop eczema. Like it's it's really interesting that there is really a connection there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there is a strong mental emotional component. So if you have, you know, a skin disease, whether that be eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, um, acne, it can really like affect how someone views themselves and, you know, can diminish someone's self-worth. So it's not uncommon to see these conditions with like anxiety or depression and things like that. So it's important to keep those in mind as well. Right. And I know we did talk about stress 
stress and how stress can be a huge factor for eczema flare-ups and psoriasis flare-ups. Could you tell us a little bit more about stress management and how this can actually help improve your eczema and your psoriasis? Or if you have any tips. Yeah, so um, what I love about naturopathic medicine is that we really do focus on like mind-body connection. So stress management is such a big thing of what we um, focus on, which is really great. Um, So a lot of us have heard of like the gut-brain access, but there's actually a brain-skin access as well. So I think we mentioned this before, but essentially when you're stressed about your skin, your body releases like the hormone cortisol, right? So um, I'll just, I'll talk about acne in this case because it's like the most common pathway, but it can be, um, you know, the same for eczema and psoriasis too. So when you um, increase the production of cortisol, it increases the amount of insulin that's produced. And this kind of regulates your blood sugar. And insulin um, increases another hormone called IGF-1. IGF-1 actually increases the amount of testosterone. Testosterone increases the amount of oil produced, and that can cause acne. And then when you get acne, you're stressed about your skin. So it it honestly creates this whole cycle. Mm -hmm. And with eczema and psoriasis, the mechanism might be a little bit different, but essentially when you're stressed, you're creating inflammation in your body. So when you're stressed, your body really can't calm down. It's in flight or flight fight mode. So it's not going to be important per se for your body to help clear your eczema or help clear your psoriasis. So that can definitely be a huge thing. And thankfully, you know, with all the new research that's coming out, they've done a lot more research on stress reduction and eczema and psoriasis. And they've seen that, you know, meditation, like you mentioned, um, even other things like listening to music, reading a book, those things can really help um, anxiety and help, you know, clear rashes and stuff like that. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. I think um, there's another one that I want to add and not a lot of people notice, but like just like listening to good frequencies. Like I think people do not realize (laughs) that like frequencies really have an effect on how your mind can think. And Mm -hmm. sometimes if you're listening to these low vibrational musics, this can actually target your subconscious mind and and this can actually Mm -hmm. hurt you internally. So it's very important to be mindful of the types of frequencies that you're listening to. Um, And that can also help like internally um, with stress management. That's for sure. Another one of my favorites is just breathing techniques. A lot of people just, I feel, don't even know how to breathe properly. (laughs) Like it's funny to say, but truly like a lot of people just don't know how to take a deep breath and to like put the the pedal or how do you say this put your foot on the pedal just to stop basically just to relax Mm -hmm. and calm your body down so super important to just do some amazing breath work as well um that can really really help with stress especially I don't know if you're stressed about a certain situation or you're stressed about going into something then you can just take three deep breaths and it's going to go a long way. Trust me. (laughs) I love that. I love that you mentioned that. So true. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of information out there like nowadays circulating online. Um, Are there any particular skincare trends that naturopathic medicine views as skeptic, like views skeptically or considers it to be potentially harmful? Yeah, um, it's an interesting question. So I, I definitely can't speak for the whole profession. But I think, I think for me personally, what I think is like, I think people should think, think (laughs) twice about, 
um, what's in their skincare. So I think especially for natural or safe products, like just because people think they're natural or they're clean or all these labels Mm -hmm. that it's safe um, for their skin, right? So this can also be like applied to supplements as well. So I think a lot of people also think that like tea, all teas and all herbs and all supplements are safe, but you know, even small doses of these things might be harmful to you, right? So um, I think even um, people might even have an allergy to them and they don't know before they take them and then it's going to make their skin worse. So I think it's really important to read ingredient labels and really, um, you know, familiarize yourself about like certain essential oils and all these herbs and maybe, you know, just check them and see if they're okay for you to use with your certain skin type and stuff like that. Um, I also love the EWG, the Skin Deep um, database. It's really great. It kind of shows you a score for each um, product to see, Um, I guess, how safe it is and how clean Mm -hmm. it is. And then they kind of list out every ingredient as well. So you can go through every ingredient and you can kind of see um, if it's safe for you to use as well. So that's also what I really like. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I guess just checking the ingredient label and really um, doing your research besides just like seeing a label and then picking it up. Exactly. And I I agree with that. And I think it's really important. And I'm going to add this as well, like just looking at the formulation, um, because I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people like, let's say, for example, in terms of skincare, they really just don't want to spend too much, right? They want to find like a cheaper alternative, but sometimes that cheaper alternative isn't really going to do much for your skin or it's actually going to do worse for your skin. Like for example, I know a lot of people um, ask me about vitamin C and Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, anyone can formulate a vitamin C product. Like it's not hard to make a vitamin C formulation. Um, Mm -hmm. However, it's the quality of it at the end of the day. So if you're paying like $10 for your vitamin C bottle, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're going to have to rethink about it. And I know like right now, especially with like this huge like platform that we have, like TikTok, Instagram, and like just anyone is sort of promoting anything at this point. And I think it's (laughs) so important to just consult with a professional, whether it's naturopathic medicine doctors or consulting with, I don't know, your, your esthetician or consulting with, um, let's say for example, a nutritionist, someone that you can truly get that information from, because we did the studying, we did the schooling, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, (laughs) like we know the difference between it. And there's a reason why we promote certain skincare products versus, um, not other skincare products or let's say for Mm -hmm. example, certain types of foods. And, um, that's why we exist at the end of the day, you know, um, (laughs) it's to basically personalize every single thing for each person. And that's truly what I believe in. It's personalization. Like I don't think one certain product can solve everything for everyone. Like I know Mm -hmm. that there was this TikTok video saying, oh, like this certain product is really going to help clear your acne. But at the end of the day, like I look at that and I'm (laughs) laughing because it's like so many people like deal with acne in different ways. And there are so many different reasons as to why someone has acne in the first place. You cannot just put one cream on there and expect, I don't know, your acne to disappear basically. So there's a lot of things that people have to think about twice before, um, I don't know, talking about a certain information or listening to these people online. Um, 
So lastly, uh, could you give the listeners any advice for those who are seeking any natural alternatives for their skin problems, but are unsure about naturopathic medicine? Yeah. So first I would say like, it's great that, you know, you're thinking about how to care about your skin and your body in a more holistic way. And, you know, as we discussed today, there's so much more to healthy skin than what we put on it. Of course, what we put on it is very important as well. But, you know, in naturopathic medicine, we want to address that root cause. So naturopathic medicine will give you, you know, sustainable long-term results that you can build into your lifestyle, you know, instead of just, you know, short-term fixes. So it's true that naturopathic medicine is an investment, right? Like financially, time-wise, it's definitely an investment. But I think the investment you put into your skin now will help prevent and treat future flares or breakouts, you know, and will save you money and time down the line, right? So, and you deserve to invest in your health. So, I think um, to find an ND or naturopathic doctor in yeah. general, like you can always Google to see who's in your area. You can go on Instagram. I know that's how I found a lot of doctors. A lot of them will post, you know, educational content yeah. and kind of just share information there, which is great. Um, I know a lot of NDs also, they offer like free 15 minute consultations. So mm-hmm. you can kind of see if you're a good fit for that doctor. And I think also another thing is that even though we all learn the same modalities in school, um, each ND like might practice a little bit differently. So like one might use TCM and herbs, one might use nutrition and herbs. Like it, it very, it really varies, which is great. Um, and then another option actually is that you could reach out to the teaching clinics um, at the school. So in Ontario, where I'm from. Um, fourth year naturopathic students can see patients actually under the supervision of an ND for a reduced rate. So this is really a great option, you know, if you're unsure if you want to make the investment, um, things like that. And unfortunately, because I'm in third year, I can't see patients yet. I still have a whole year of school left to go, but um, you can always follow my Instagram. I'm at well by Jeanette and I make lots of educational posts. I kind of post about my journey there at school, which is really cool to see. Um, and then I'll definitely update when I can see patients as well. So yeah. Amazing. So thank you so much, Jeanette. I'll definitely be linking your social um, in the description of this podcast. Um, so thank you so much again for joining me today. Before we end this podcast, did you have any questions for me? Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. (laughs) Um, I'm so glad I got to, you know, explain what naturopathic medicine Mm -hmm. is and go through skin and everything like that. I guess the question I had for you is, how did you know you wanted to become an esthetician? Um, Good question. Honestly, it was something that was in me like since the beginning, like since day one, I think I've always wanted to become an esthetician, specifically a holistic esthetician, looking at Mm. that mind body connection as well. Um, So I actually started off my journey in nursing. Um, Yeah, so I I started off my journey in nursing. I really didn't like it. Um, So I ended up dropping out of nursing after like two years of doing nursing. And afterwards, I just sort of took the leap. My mom never wanted me to become an esthetician because she was like, come on, like you're not going to make a lot of money being an esthetician or, you know, it's not, it's not, um, like 
I always thought that I was going to go towards that more medical route. So going towards that esthetician route, she wasn't very supportive of it in the beginning. Um, but I had to take that leap because truly inside me, that's what I loved. You know, I love dealing with skincare issues. I love dealing with skin in general. I love making people feel confident. So that's the reason um, why I got into it in the first place, honestly. That's so amazing. I'm so glad you made that leap because, you know, with your podcast and your platform, you're doing such amazing things and, you you know, bringing everyone all this information. So I'm so glad you made that leap. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, Jeanette, thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. If you guys enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave a rating as this helps my podcast so, so much. And if you're located in the Montreal area, feel free to book a facial with me with the link in my bio on Instagram at skinwellness.studio. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And also make sure to download my free acne healing guide if you are on the road to healthier skin. On that note, I wish you all an amazing rest of your day and see you in the next episode.